not Snyder. Kazak is Snyder. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I really hope our audience enjoys this as much as John and I do, because this is like, especially the first episode of every month, it's like, what the fuck are you going to come up with? Like, and usually on the spot, and then it just sticks with us throughout the entire month. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a journey. It's a journey with each word. Well, I just came up with that on the spot. Yeah, so. we can tell, but it, it's still great. Every time. Uh, so hi and welcome to Behind the Hype with me, your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Chewy Darso. Hello. And Jonathan Artisi. <laughs> hey. Uh, done with Kaiju Month. And by Kaiju Month, of course, I mean the show era of the Toho Godzilla movies. Um, had a whole bunch of fun watching those movies. It was a really fun month and a very good palate cleanser from the month before with Sian Sano. Um, and now we're going to kind of jump back into some more depressing stuff. Mm. Uh, hooray! I think there's one movie this month that isn't, like, somewhat depressing. I mean, it really depends on depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's not Sion Sano depressing, that's no. for damn sure. But, like, none of these movies are going to be exactly uplifting. Maybe Owls of Gahul, but I don't really remember it that well. Um, mm-hmm. I know we saw it in theaters, but I don't really remember I it. I like to think that these movies are an expression of the resilience of the human spirit. There you go. Sure. That kind of works. Yeah. Um, so if you can't guess by us saying the Owls of Gahul, which was one, <laughs> one hint we gave you, uh, spending the next five weeks, not four weeks, five weeks on the one and only Zack Snyder. Zack uh, Snyder. I am very motivated for this month. I know John is too. Uh, we're both, and I, I'm assuming Chewy is. Chewy avoids the uh, the pits of the internet, unlike John and I. Uh, but we're, we're... I don't even avoid the pits of the internet. I inj- kind of avoid most of the internet. Yeah. John and I don't. And uh, and I think that's what can... kind of spawned this month when you and I talked about it before. Just like we, it got to a re- it got to a boiling point for me, at least. I know for you, too, probably. But oh, yeah, I had enough of it. And I talk. I, I mentioned it to you. Just like we need to do something. We need to recontextualize Zack Snyder in a different way. I need to do it, too, and I mean... uh, go through it and reorient myself. It's been such a long fight. I remember working on Contagion and trying to convince my fellow art PA why he needs to not dislike Zack Snyder. No, like, <laughs> I remember when you got your job on Man of Steel uh, and like me being so excited at the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, Christopher Nolan with Zack Snyder. Like this pairing should make a great film. And people looking at me like Zack Snyder shouldn't do anything. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like he hasn't. I don't think any of his movies have been. Now, the bold claim for somebody who says they're a fan. I don't think he's made a bad movie. Uh, he's made one movie that we'll get to in a few weeks that I don't think is his best, but I still think the effort was there that I still can enjoy watching it, and I bought it on Blu-ray, so clearly I must like it at least a little bit. Um, but I, it just after the Justice League came out, and John and I kept chatting, and we're just like, the world is just so not ready to let go of their Zack Snyder hate, even when he delivers, in my opinion the best comic book movie we've had over the past, like, 20 years. Um, I know, I know, The Dark Knight. I know, I know, there's a lot of other ones out there. <clears throat> My opinion. Don't get too mad at me. Um, he legitimately releases a good film, and the best that the majority of the internet could do was, I guess it's fine. 
I guess we'll like it now. Ugh. As and if. then even a week later, they've all started turning on it again. And it's like, what the fuck? Am oh, I taking crazy pills? I mean, just like the like you go to like the uh, the usual suspects of like honest trailers and all those sorts of things, and like these are all excessively negative. Like they defended the Joss Whedon one as not being that bad, and then like the Zack Snyder one comes out, and it's like this is shit. Why would anybody watch this? It's like what what is happening? Mm. All right, so took it upon ourselves to like exactly how John said. We're gonna recontextualize Zack Snyder, uh, going back to the beginning today with Dawn of the Dead, and uh, we're gonna spend the next five weeks going over a smattering of his films. Uh, uh, if you've been a longtime listener at After the Hype, we've already covered a few of these. Uh, we're gonna cover them again, but just more from like the Zack Snyder lens, and I feel like that's we owe that to him, especially as movie fans who who might have shit on his movies a little undeservedly. Uh, we have an entire hour and a half episode of BVS from back in uh, ATH days where there's there's me and Chewie going, it's not that bad. And then three other people going, yes, it is. It's like, no, it's really <laughs> and, not. And, and take and take note, I was one of those three people. It. I'm so excited to get to that episode to try to figure out like where the switch happened. Because I think you might be right. I think maybe finally seeing like the full Snyder version, which was the, the Snyder cut, might have like clicked something. Because even the Ultimate Edition of BVS still has all the WB notes in there. Because that still wasn't the movie he was going to make. So, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. Um, and and also, gotta... it should be it should, it should be noted too uh, that these are all we're all going into director's cuts, except for maybe I think Gahul, which doesn't have one. I don't think. Yeah, Gahul does not have one. Yeah, but everything else we're doing the director's cuts or the extended or the whatever whatever they want to call it, the Snyder vision of the oh, movie. Oh. We're doing the Snyder Cuts. Yeah, the Snyder Cuts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And unfortunately, because we're only doing so many movies, we can't do the Watchmen Snyder Cut, which, I mean, besides Justice League, which is the gold standard, is probably his best director's cut, at least in my opinion, from theatrical release to home release. Like that one, the jump in quality is astronomical. I'm the crazy person who thought the BVS, even the theatrical version, was pretty good, so I'm not probably the best person for meter on that, but man, the Watchmen one is so fucking good. Uh, that one was, I was kind of curious. I was I was looking at that to see if I could rent the Ultimate Cut, and you can't. It's actually hard to get. You have to buy it. And I'm like, well, I'm hoping that this month will at least turn my, uh, you know, move me on either side of the fence of either getting it or not, because I'm curious. That's the one I have the most... I didn't like it when I saw it in the theaters at all. And I never gave the director's cut a chance because I just was like, no, this is not, this isn't, no, this isn't for me. I'm not a big Snyder person, you know, whatever. And you I know what on. I'm going to say? It's time to go back. Got to watch it again. Especially the director's cut. We got to go back, Kate. You got to go back. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of going back, let's go all the way back. To 2004, and let's start talking Dawn of the Dead. Dawn. Yeah, Ooh, not 17 years ago. God, I can't believe this movie's that old. I kept making the reference that I was like 20 years old, and Brian was getting mad at me. It's not 20 years yet. That's in three years from now. Soon. Yeah. We have a joke here at the house when we talk about dates. It's like, are you doing a violence to me? <laughs> oh, man. So I'm going to spend a minute just kind of like, framing this movie if you don't remember when this movie came out the the running zombie phase wasn't a thing the whole running zombies nope not really a thing this one started it it, it might not have started it i'm not sure where it exactly started this made it popular okay. um the idea of doing a remake of any romero's movie was like a hell worthy trespass like no but Zack snyder fucking did it 
Uh, I was so insanely in love with the Romero zombie movies that I never even thought to give this movie a chance. Like, all my friends went to go see it in theaters. I'm like, nah, fuck you. I'm not going. That looks awful. They all rented it when it got on DVD. They'd invite me over to watch it. I'm like, nah, fuck you. I'm not doing it. It took a long time for me to come around to watching this. And when I did, I'm like, oh, that was a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm still not a huge <laughs> fan of running zombies. Even today here in 2021, when I watch this movie, I'm like, still not a huge fan of running zombies. But I will say in the context of this movie, they do work rather well. He, he does a good job with them. Even if I don't like them, I, I think they work pretty well here. Mm-hmm. Um, that was me. Uh, Chewy, when did you first see this? Was it a few nights ago when we yeah. watched it? <laughs> Did we watch it on Thursday? Because yeah. <laughs> zombie movies, I only went through a very small stint liking them in high school. And then I watched 28 Days Later and I went, no, well, that's the zombie movie. The that's, other hugely popular running zombie movie. That's the good zombie movie. And then everybody, mm. every other zombie movie after that, I'm like... I like the ones that have, like, social commentary. Excuse me to nerd out for a moment. 28 Days Later is not technically a zombie film. All right, sorry, I'm done. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I criticize okay. them, <laughs> Then neither is Walking Dead, because that's it, supposed to be a virus, too. They're still dead. When you die in 28 Days Later, you die. You never get reanimated. In The Walking Dead, you still get reanimated. So, well, well, then wait, isn't The Office a zombie TV series? Because they're all dead inside. <laughs> I mean, technically. No, you, you have to actually die to turn into a zombie in zombie films. And 20 Days Later, you just get an infection. You uh, never actually die. Oh, okay. That's the, yeah, yeah. technically they're not zombies. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> See how much I care. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, I don't know, I got, they were so popular for so long, I was just immediately burned out on them. And so I'd never ended up seeing this one because I was just like, it's just another zombie movie. Now, before we get to John's first take on this, do you still feel that it's just another zombie film? We're all fans of Zach here. At least Chewie and I are, and John's coming around. Uh, So you can say you don't (laughs) like his movie. I don't dislike this movie, but it is, to me, it's a zombie movie. I already know everything that's going to happen, and honestly... Yeah, but but it's really cool. Anyhow, John, your first take with this one. <laughs> I've, zombie movies have been a weird thing for me in terms of just not watching them in order. It's almost like another version of the Godzilla thing where I watched one and watched not didn't watch the other. But this one's out there because uh, I've seen you know Night of the Living Dead, and then that was mostly it. And then I saw this, and then I saw the actual original of this, Dawn of the Dead, and then I saw the second, no, the third one. Day of the Dead, where they're in a bunker. Such a good movie. Yeah, so I, I've seen these in such weird orders that I'd never really had a sense of, like, this is... I never had a, 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 fan, a fan sense of this is how it's supposed to be or this doesn't make sense or any sort of ownership on walking versus running, that sort of thing. Sure. And even though uh, 28 Days Later wasn't a zombie film, it was like there was still, it was still in that vein, that same style of just... <laughs> and then oh, running I'm, really fast. I'm being an asshole. I'll fully admit that. Yeah, yeah 20 yeah. Days Later is a no, zombie no, film. I get that. But, you know, I'm still going <laughs> to yeah. be over here going, technically... I, I've adjusted yeah, so my glasses. He keeps, yeah, he keeps pushing his glasses up. <laughs> Every time I've done it, I've adjusted my glasses, just so everyone is getting the full effect. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've, I've been all, all over the place with it. So watching this, I actually didn't, like, I didn't hate it or didn't have, like, didn't not enjoy it. Because zombies films have always been kind of like, okay, 
oh, you know, people die, it's violent, it's gory, I've enjoyed the gore. But I've never come into it with the immediate sort of social commentary. So then when I come across that later in the original Dawn of the Dead, the Day of the Dead, and all those, I'm like, oh, there's a little bit more to this. So then I could come back to that the second time, third time I've watched this. And I still like it. I still... I remember liking it in the theater, but not being able to articulate what it was I liked about it. There was an energy to it. There was a style to it, but it was subtle. With this director's cut, that style part was a lot more pronounced. And there were a lot of things that it was doing that I was like, okay, this feels unique in terms of the zombie films that I've seen. It's its own thing, and it's kind of carving out its own little area. With its sense of humor, it's visual humor, it's visual um, dark humor and its violence. Yeah, no, it... it it's uh, stuck with me. Yeah, and, and there's something that we should mention here on the uh, on the front of this. In case you're not aware, James Gunn wrote this one. Zack Snyder is usually credited as like director and writer, or he works with Chris <laughs> Tarot a lot. But James Gunn is the writer on this one, and you can really tell. Uh, and I think it's kind of a shame they didn't work together more throughout their careers. I, mean, I guess they still can. They're still pretty young. Uh, but they complement each other very well. Like his like Zack's visual style and his visual sense of humor mixed with James Gunn like. Like, the way he verbalizes his characters, like, they blended very well here. Um, but for me personally, like, the, I think the the major creative stamp on this one that, that made it so, like, made it resonate with me as somebody who was, like, hell no, never no to running zombies, with the exception of 28 Days Later at the time, um, with the exception to that, and fuck all else. I, I had nothing, I wanted nothing to do with this. But when you watch it, there's something a little bit different, uh, at least in my opinion, about the way he did uh, running zombies compared to, say, fucking everyone who's copied him since. Uh, his running zombies didn't feel like the, ah, panic, look, they're running. It felt like there was a like a never-ending wave of death. And the second you walk outside, that wave is going to crash into you. Like, <clears throat> compared to most zombie whatever... There's always like this, like uh, you go back to like, the season one of Walking Dead. They figure out to cover themselves in guts, and then they can walk around the zombies. Or even like later seasons, they just wear zombie skin, and they can walk around the zombies. They do it in Shaun of the Dead. They do it lots of places where you like you have to figure out how to be outside and be safe, and that's like a, a sticking point in a lot of zombie films. The major thing in Dawn of the Dead is. Outside is not safe in any situation. No. As soon as a door opens, one of the characters is guaranteed to die. That is very true. Like, he did such a good job creating that claustrophobia <clears throat> that I'm still impressed now watching this movie <clears throat> 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, don't get violent here. <laughs> it is true. That he does capture the unrelenting better. The only other movie that tried to have, you know, the the unrelenting thing mm -hmm. was World War Z. But then they... And that was so cartoony. It was like, so cartoony. And then they did the, well, you just need to have a disease thing. Yep. So. They still have that yeah, figure, figure out how to be outside thing. Figure out thing. how to be outside thing. Yeah. Uh, so this movie didn't do that at all. Not even attempted. Like, it was very clear. Oh, if they're going outside, people are going to die. The thing I appreciated a lot in this movie was when they created their uh, zombie mobiles. Mm -hmm. And they looked ridiculous. I liked that they were purple. <laughs> uh, they yep. kept the, you know, they didn't try to paint them or anything. They kept the, we're from a mall look. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is that 
they would immediately just get jammed in by the zombies. Which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, like, this yep. is a terrible plan. And, oh, yep. It's a terrible plan. <laughs> uh, but then, and then they had the little character moments. They had like little zombie character moments, which I would, would imagine is very a Romero thing. I am not that well versed in Romero films. I'll fully admit that. I have seen the first one. We have so many Romero uh, movies And I have seen is that, the one with John Lingazamo. Do, do you smell that? I smell a Romero month in our future. Oh, jeez. There it is. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> Like an I, unrelenting my, wave of death. One of my friends in high school was really into Romero, and I always saw the VHS of that zombie with all the maggots coming out of his eyeball, and I'm like, I don't want to watch that. I think that's Day of the. I think that's um the other zombie franchise where oh. the zombies you talk know, and it's shit. I think oh, what? Uh, no, Chewie, Chewie. I think to what you were saying about the characterized zombies, but, I don't recall that nearly as much as with like except Day of the Dead, where the zombie who learned about like was remembering the gun. Um, that's the he only time that they actually had personalities. Oh, oh, he definitely has character zombies. Like the bride shows up in almost every yeah. one. Like he has very characterized zombies that would show up. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And, okay. And like in this one, specifically like the one that grabs the propane tank and then looks at him and like lifts the <laughs> propane tank up. You dropped this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was just such a silly little moment. Um, and just, again, these are not skilled people. And just that, the driving around, they immediately end up hurting each other. Oh yeah, like the, <laughs> like I, I spoiled part of the movie for Chewie because I just couldn't help myself. But you have like the old guy, um, the old guy who cuts the girl in half with the chainsaw. Yeah. Like when the, oh, 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 what the. he's doing him, like just take your finger off the fit trigger. Take, take, take your finger off the trigger. You're, take your finger off the trigger. You're currently murdering her. Um, but like when Michael shows, uh, Michael being Jake Weber, the actor, shows Sarah Pauly, uh. Like the look what I got, chainsaw out the window. I'm like, that's a horrible idea. What if you hit a bump? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's exactly what happened. Yep. <laughs> and and the then they had the little the hanger on zombie that does the cartoony like, eh? oh yeah, look from the side. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoyed those moments with the zombies because they definitely felt like more than just like blank slates. Yeah, like like the I agree with what you said. Like the characterization of it is really really cool. Like. They could just be a mindless horde, like they are in a lot of zombie films, which is fine. But Zach's like visual style really gives them something to grab onto. Like it, it's both literally and like, like uh, theoretically, it's, like it's yeah. you kind of attach yourself a little bit more to the movie, and that even boils down to what I feel is a very James Gunn moment of like the game they play with the the guy who uh, what's his name who lives across the parking lot from them. Oh, oh the sniper. Um, yeah. Yeah. Andy, the guy that, I think. Andy, it, yeah. He's not Iggy Pop. Yeah, not Iggy Pop. So <laughs> he he looks like <laughs> Iggy pretty Pop. Good. He does me. look from a distance, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when not Iggy Pop and them are playing the game where they're like shooting the celebrity-looking zombies, I'm like that feels very James Gunn to me already. But it's like that alone also contextualizes the zombies in their yeah. own way. It's like they do such a good job making it like this faceless horde of death. That also isn't faceless and has a bunch of actual people in there. It's a really cool thing that he pulled off, especially when like the the idea is that they're running so fast you can't see them, but you still get that they were people. Yeah. Yeah, what? and and what stood out to me this time watching it is that even though they run fast, you get to see them slowly mill about, like that that same scene you're talking about where they're where they're doing sniper, a celebrity sniper with not Iggy Pop, um, like they're just a sea. 
a sea ebbing back and forth of death, just a sea of death, but they're way they're, they're like wavy, like the ocean, like the wind, and they're slow, but only when the humans sh- like show up into their world, they get fast. Yeah. And it was a, it's a very dis- it's a very specific distinction that the copycats, not trying to be you know snide about them, but the copycats don't quite do. It's there's a stillness as well as a speed. Like they this movie can shift those gears pretty quickly and do it well. I do wish that Andy had just, you know, continually shot the zombies. I mean, it looked like he had a ton of guns and a ton of ammo. Like he didn't just have a store, he had like a warehouse. Yeah, he should have just counted. He might have had enough bullets to just take out the parking lot. Yeah, just <laughs> just, you know, shoot for like five hours, six hours a day. You're probably <clears throat> gonna be able to kill several hundred every day. Yeah. And eventually they'll start to weed out. Yeah, just, just whittle it down. Just whittle it and down. They, it didn't seem like they did that. Um, the other thing that I, I don't think this movie gets enough credit for, and, and I think it does a really, really good job, um, is showing that like that quarantine lifestyle, which granted now we're all way too familiar with. Um, but that quarantine lifestyle where you get stuck in a situation with people that you may not like. And from what I got with this cast was that like, Two or three of them were okay with two or three of them. And the rest of everybody else there was like, I'm, I'm stuck with them. Like, I think a lot of times in this sort of film, the director or the writer would lean back on like, the, well, they'll have to get along or the film won't work. Or they all have to hate each other or the film won't work. And I think Zach and James were, were smart enough in this one to be like, I, I don't think that level of emotion would work in any situation. I think they just have to tolerate each other. And oh yeah, especially with the um, the guard, the the main guard who was a dick for like the first third of the movie. Yeah, and then and then they put him in in the holding like the holding cell. They lock him up for a little bit, and then he just kind of chills out and tolerates them, and they tolerate him. CJ, like I, CJ, yeah, yeah, CJ. I missed that the first time I watched. It. I didn't connect that that's what was going on. But it's like while I watched it again, I was like, but isn't he going to have revenge? It's like no, they're all stuck together. What does the revenge buy him? No, they're going to just even out, even if they don't like each other. Yeah, and that's it's such a cool concept. And I, when I watched this before, when I was in like, uh, I think this came out in like my senior year of high school, maybe freshman year of college. But like, when I first watched this, that stuff I didn't pick up on, like that little nuanced of realism. I, I don't think Zack Snyder ever gets credited for is realism because his all of his stuff is so otherworldly, and that's kind of how he shoots it and how he crafts it. But when you look at the characters, the characters. Throughout all the work that we're discussing, at least the ones with humans in it, the characters are still grounded. Like, they still feel like real people in otherworldly situations. And I think that's really impressive. And that one really comes across for me in this one. Is These feel like very real people in a very fucked up world. The only thing that I wish is that I don't really connect to any of the female characters. Sarah... <sighs> Polly's character, Anna. She's she, alright. She's really your only major female character yeah all the other ones i'm like so you got uh what's her name nicole like when i think about it it also kind of reminds me of uh oh my goodness it just left my brain the island tv show lost not lost from the 60s gilligan's island gilligan's island (laughs) when you because i mean it's not exact sure but you got the cute redhead which they flip it so it's not ginger that's redhead but it's the the you know the good girl the 
the the country girl character who's actually an idiot. I'm going to out myself here. I've never seen an episode of Gilligan's Island. What? I've been I've been shining this on for a long time. I might as well come clean. <laughs> I've just been, <laughs> been nodding and smiling for a lot of years. But yeah, so you got the really innocent little girl who loses her daddy. Uh, and then you got the whore who I don't even know if you ever learned her name. I mean, it's, it's got to be in there somewhere. I, I hate calling her the whore. She has one sex scene. <laughs> she just kind of wa- struts around looking skanky the yeah, whole movie. Yeah, she doesn't really have anything to do. She like... has nothing to do other than to look skanky and then get murdered. <laughs> yeah. no, right, I That's mean, fair. That's fair. It's uh... fair. But it is something that, interesting to put a pin in as we go through these other movies and how Snyder ends up handling oh, women characters He's gotten so much better later. with his female characters, like immensely better with his female so, characters. So, yeah. So, so it's good that you sh- shine a light on this. Yeah. Yes. It's Luda, good because it's Luda, like... the Russian woman seemed okay. You didn't really get to know her. Yeah, I feel like the, the Russian woman and then the... Uh... She was just the pregnant one. So you really get much out of her. Yeah, and then the older woman that Mackay Pfeiffer shoots. I feel like both of those female characters had a, a lot of like uh, a lot of headroom, but they didn't really do anything with it. Yeah, like, the, there's a lot the, to do with them. But the they... older woman was the most interesting female character, I would say. She yeah. was incredibly capable. Mm-hmm. She saved people. She yep. was able to drive around that truck and get into the building. Yeah, they would have all been dead if it wasn't for her. Yeah, she was a fascinating character who unfortunately just gets shot and offed in, in it. such an in, kind of like silly why did this happen way but i just to stick on that moment just for a second i really appreciate that she dies in that situation that sounds like a really fucked up thing to say but because she is such an interesting and like well-rounded character you don't expect that shot i guess like i did not expect her to be the one to die right then and there like so for what it's worth of like subverting expectations i will give it that much i agree with you they shouldn't have off their one of their best female characters but i do think it worked for the movie. Yeah. Well, and it's also what that what that death is communicating in these zombie movies, right? Because you've got the uh, other characters, uh, the other female character who, well, the other two, they die in a very not great way. And then anyone in zombie movies who dies of zombies, they're not quite, they're fodder. It's fodder for the movie. Whereas the older woman, she dies by the hand of someone else, a human uh, the monstrosity of a human and his choices, and it's like a well, broken that's, man. It's oh like, yeah, so that that's almost makes her that shines a light. It makes it more interesting. Not that she died, but she didn't die the easy way that zombie movies will kill a lot of characters with. A lot of yeah. characters die from zombies in these movies, but she died by a human, a, an actual human, and yeah. And the, with this director's cut, they actually spend a lot of time in that moment with <laughs> close-ups on the bullets, her boot on the cigarette. Like, they really style up her death. I mean, that's one of the things that, th- t- discussing it more actually makes me more annoyed at Anna, Sarah Polly's character. Because other than the fact that she's a nurse, what is her character? Yeah, she doesn't... She is nothing. They, uh... It feels like every now and then we'll, we'll get into these movies where I feel like they intentionally leave a main character as a blank slate so that you yourself can kind of feel yourself as the entry point character. I've never been a fan of that. I think it's worked all of one time um and that'd be luke skywalker in a new hope because mm. uh, even he has more character race in, in every other movie he's been in since then but like beyond that <laughs> one time i'm like no just give us a character we'll relate when you give us a better character yeah because i don't think you're wrong she's a nurse and what else can you say about her she lives through the movie until <laughs> maybe the end yeah everyone else you have more like character aspects too even the skanky girl seemed to have more yeah. character aspects so i i definitely agree i i think that's i'm i'm 
just guessing here, but I think that's kind of what it was. I could be wrong, but that's... I've noticed that a lot, especially as we... Throughout the years of doing uh, After the Hype, I'm like, whenever I don't like a main character, I find that they're usually a blank slate. Yeah. And that's why I don't like it. And then Michael, who is the other kind of main character slash Anna's love interest, you get a whole backstory on him. Oh my, he is one of my... It's a vague black st- backstory, but it's a... St- it's a story. You but, get to know him. But Michael has, at least to me, he has my favorite character moment in, in the whole movie. And it's like right out of the gate. And it's it's just such a, it's just a well done, well acted, well directed, just a great scene where Mackay Pfeiffer just throws it at his face. Like, who made you in charge? What did you used to do? And he's like, I, I sold TVs at Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Maybe he's a really good salesman. He's good at talking to people. He is. That and delivery, like, that delivery was killer. I was going to so laugh when good. he said it, but then, but then I was like, "This is powerful." You just put the whole zombie thing in context. This is the great change for humanity. Yeah. Like, suddenly, a, you know, a salesman is a leader. Like, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that he Maybe put that into was that. Something that uh, Edgar Wright latched onto. And inspired him to do oh, for Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, because isn't that what his character does too? He works. Yeah. At, he works at an electronics. I mean, he does Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. We're not making that big of a leap here. <laughs> <laughs> at least they're not going to the Winchester. It's very. We're going to a boat. <laughs> they're just gonna stay in the mall and wait till this whole thing blows over. <laughs> <laughs> now, for for me though, the. Michael might have my favorite character moment for, but I think the best character in the thing has to be CJ. Like I, I think CJ, he has the biggest arc in the movie. Uh, I think he's one of the most interesting characters. I fucking hate him throughout most of it. And I also hate that when he dies, the way he goes out is like of all the fucking favors. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Killing himself. But he kills himself to save the group and he doesn't even see it as like, like he sees it as he was doing them a favor. Like it's just such a funny way to go out. And it's like the guy that we met in the beginning of the movie, who's locking up people in a life or death situation because he's afraid they're gonna rob the mall, is now sacrificing himself to save those same people. Yeah. Like his arc is so big, and you get you kind of get with him the whole ride it's not like he just disappears and comes back a better person like you get to see like the chipping away it's like oh he's a little bit more okay with this like oh we need to go turn on the generator downstairs i'm not going with you all right fuck it i'll go with you and then oh we need to help all right fuck it i'll help you and then it's just like kind of like how john mentioned earlier like he could go for revenge he could let these people die or he could acknowledge this is my fucking lot in life now i might as well fall in and that's what he does and it's I, i think the actor um like his name uh michael kelly did such a good job with it and i never even knew that michael kelly was the same actor as like from what everything else i know him from he's a character actor he's been everywhere but yeah like you look at him back in this movie with the goatee and the hat i barely even recognized him Hmm. but he did such a good job in this and i I give a large large credit of that to zach again because it's all about getting the real characters in the other world and it's awesome that's that's what i say i I just feel like this movie is definitely Gunn and Snyder young. And as young men, they write male characters better. Absolutely. And as they've gotten older, they've gotten much better at writing their female characters. And, I mean, 
we're we're recording this the same day that the Hollywood Reporter Ray Fisher article came out that had all of this backstory in it, which will we'll, believe me when we get to Justice League, we'll probably talk about it then. Um, but it seems like Zach is uh, very collaborative in his writing experience, and like he wants to bring in actors to make sure they get their characters in it. And, and I just don't think maybe he was at that point yet. Like maybe he didn't know. Like oh, no, I'm the director, I'm the writer. Like we're gonna get this shit done. Like that that is a very real mentality for a lot of young filmmakers. And maybe he just hadn't gotten to that collaborative nature yet. Maybe he did, and maybe this is just what came out. But I feel like the growth in his characters would show that collaborative nature a little bit more than the than this one, where they're all just a little bit more, as Chewie said, and I, I totally agree, the male characters written fantastically. The female characters... They all serve a purpose. At least they all serve a purpose. Yeah. It could be worse. Luda was there just to give birth to a zombie baby, so he got that one... With the arms up from the zombie baby. I mean, it was a good RAR. <laughs> Dar! <laughs> I liked his little marble eyes. It's up there in the RAR thing, which, you know. Uh, which, I, if I had seen this movie before, was it, is it called They Live? Peter Jackson's movie? Peter Jackson's movie? Yeah. Dead Alive? Dead Alive. They Live, I think, is the Every Other Country But Us title. Sorry. Us. Uh, us being the U.S. We call it Dead Alive because we're fucking different. Uh... <laughs> But also, isn't They Live but the one they, with the guy with, with the sunglasses? I, I can't oh, be maybe. P- impressed with a zombie baby because I've seen that. Okay. Right. Now, if we're comparing to the Peter Jackson zombie baby, you're right. That That's the gold standard. <laughs> <laughs> of like, oh, God. Ew. Oh. oh. I'm going with quality character. Like, <laughs> If you don't have a, a nice New Zealand man taking his zombie baby on a walk to the park and then banging the zombie baby's head against the swing set for not <laughs> listening to him... Then you don't have a good zombie baby. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> but Doctor it doesn't that, matter. A yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're Zack Snyder. Honestly, like you, if you can't do that, you're not gonna do that. Have you seen that movie? I don't remember, John. I forget which one I've seen. That doesn't sound familiar, so probably not. I've seen. Oh, uh, there's one of them I've seen. Bad Taste, I think, is the one I saw. Yeah, I've, that, I've Bad never, Taste is a very different movie. I've never seen Bad Taste. After seeing Dead Alive, I'm like. That's enough for me. I don't. Funny how to see so many taste. people see one Peter Jackson horror movie. Like I don't need to see a different one. <laughs> I saw the one I saw. That was enough. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what this. That's what this filmmaker's all about. All right, cool. I got him pegged. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and then he's going to make Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and then Lord of the Rings. The guy who made well, Frighteners Dead Alive. and. Yeah, yeah, Dead Alive, and then you go. You eventually get to Frighteners, and then Lord of the Rings, and he's like, "Oh, there's a trajectory here that is unexpected." Man, <laughs> the pitch meaning this guy must have fucking had. Yeah. Grant, I've heard it was incredible. We're way off topic here. Um, what have well, we bit... hit? Like, like uh, John, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to elaborate on that, but I think I'll move on to just the the things that are different um, in the, the director's cut. We probably should talk about the actual director's cut element. We did a little bit, um, but just well, no. we're going to be talking about his his vision in a lot of these movies. And so there's a little bit of additions here. They're not much, but they do flesh out some of these characters that we had some complaints with, even though it doesn't solve the problem. There's just more with them. And I so cards on the table. Think... I've never seen the theatrical version of this. I've only Neither seen. Have I. Well, you've only seen it <laughs> once. Uh, I've only ever watched the director's cut because I've heard the other one wasn't worth my time. And I've also heard that out of like the all the director's cuts, this one has like the fewest improvements out of everyone we're talking about through this month. This one is the least changed, but it's still obviously changed. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's correct. I mean, I had I had to remind myself some of the things that had changed just because it had been years, but also. Like, a lot of those close-up shots on, like, the boot and the cigarette, a lot of the stylistic things that we kind of are, are defending Snyder for in later movies, those things show up in this, in this director's cut. 
and there's longer scenes with some people like the uh, the sharing the cigarette between the um the i don't want to call her the, the skanky character that seems mean but like <laughs> right yeah. where i don't uh, even see her what is her name uh monica. She monica? monica monica yeah okay so the, the, the where the old woman is sharing the c- cigarette with monica like that's not in the theater cut and there's a little bit more elaborations the some scenes kind of go on a little bit longer there's a little bit more but not a lot but it's a it's a an interesting thing to look back on coming from Zack snyder justice league cut where it's significant and just to see that the pieces are there that he likes to spend a little extra time with the characters even if he doesn't get much, it seems like, and I'm hoping the rest of the, this month will kind of pan this out, the change, like the, his vision involves a lot more character work and a lot more slowing the moments down. And that's what this cut to me gave a hint at. It's like a foreshadowing of the rest of our month. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something there because uh, in, our, in our own private chat, John and I mentioned that like during BVS... Uh, like what was cut out for the theatrical version versus the ultimate edition. And it was essentially Clark Kent's character, not Superman, but Clark Kent. So like, what did you remove from this movie to make it from three hours to two hours? Character, plot, themes, <laughs> like very important things to your movie. And I think the same sort of thing happened with Dawn of the Dead. And, and maybe it's a, a producer thing. Maybe it's a, a studio thing. But for some reason, people think, oh, more action means better movie. And I think the theme that we'll find throughout this month is like Zack Snyder might get a lot of dings on his like uh, his scorecard, if you will, for pacing. I-, I don't think the pacing is a fair argument because most of the time we're watching the theatrical version and saying the pacing isn't good. And then you watch the director's cut and it's like, oh, it's a lot slower of a movie, but suddenly I care about way more people. Maybe his pacing was correct. Like maybe the studio was wrong here. I'm saying this yeah. very uh, sarcastically. Like, obviously, his pacing was correct and the studio was <laughs> fucking wrong. Um, but that's what you kind of learn is like, oh, no, Zach is very good at storytelling. Like, well, and I think we, we, we've, learned, we've kind of been trained into this idea that um, tight, incoherent editing is economic storytelling. And if that's what economic storytelling is, then I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, that's tech, like, that's not what economic storytelling is. That's... Do using the using the most out of what you have, but we're used to, especially with some recent <clears throat> big monster movies. Um, we're into this idea of having shorter movies. Like you got to get the runtime to like two hours because that's the best time, best thing you can have. And then you wonder, like, well, why doesn't the plot make sense? Why do these characters not? Why do we not care about these characters at all? You know, sometimes like, you still make a movie that's over two hours long and do all the things you're saying, and it still doesn't make any sense. I mean, sometimes. Like the Bourne movie. Hey, those Bourne well, movies all make sense. They might not be good, but they make sense. <laughs> yeah. But and I think some of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's just what this, this month is. But we're going to be proving through this month is that the economical storytelling that we're in a mindset of today, that we got we to gotta do the most in as little t- time as possible, is not the right way to make a movie. No. And we've been dinging Snyder wrong for that. I, I, I think through this month especially starting with this, we can prove that wrong for him as a filmmaker. I'm specifically. I'm bringing up Bourne movies because they're like the antithesis of Snyder style. That is, okay, from you know that what? point of view, very okay, true. Okay, so yeah. we're going to have this guy. He's going to have no superpowers, but he's going to bulldoze Europe and we're going to do some fight scenes and they're going to be fast. You're not going to have any idea what's going on. 
Why are they fighting? Who knows? Who's that guy? I don't know, but he just got stabbed with a magazine. Wait, what? <laughs> Born. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, none of that shit would fly in Snyder's film. <laughs> and that's not to give a pass to movies that are too long, right? That shouldn't be long, like <clears throat> Nolan anything, um, that are like that are way longer than they need to be. And I just watched one the other night involving um, two characters from a Fast and Furious franchise that was about maybe 40 minutes longer than it should have been. But I still haven't watched that one. I need to. Which yeah, one? it's it's, Hobbs it's long. Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. It's long. That, that's what it's I've heard. Long. That's why I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> and when you think it's over, it's like, there's still more. And incidentally, none of the movies so far, because I've watched ahead for some Snyder stuff, I've not had that critique in any of these. I, I can honestly say that, like, if a movie is... Uh, I'll, I'll rephrase. A movie should be as long as it needs to be. Like that. That's it. Full stop. Like so. If the Martin Scorsese movie that about two Jesuit priests that go to Japan to try to, you know, help that's a religion, long movie needs to be three hours, then it needs to be three hours. It's a long movie. It didn't bother me at all. But like, I'm coming. Up, I'm trying to come up with a movie that I don't like that's long off the top of my head. Tree of Life. Two hours could have been twenty minutes. Hey. <laughs> Well, I do or, need or, to also revise myself a little bit. I'm looking at the Bourne movies and their run times, and so far only one of them is over two hours. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, well, until you get to Bourne Legacy, and that one's 135 minutes. That's the longest one. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's even Very even interesting, the... I know. <laughs> Riveting. I guess, even though you haven't seen it, the, the Hobbs and Shaw example does work because that is long and it for the type of movie it is that's action cars fighting guns and punching it maybe shouldn't be as long as it is and maybe some of those plot points that are there to just have more of those things happen you can scale it back and it's still good even great whereas with this like those extra things didn't make it feel longer yeah you know what we'll keep it in kaiju here here's my number one thing like my number one example of a movie that i still love but could be an easy 45 minutes shorter king kong peter jackson's king kong way too fucking long oh okay <laughs> and i love that movie they need way more, too fucking they long. need more running shots yeah no we, we need to spend more time on the boat on the way to king kong no no you don't no you don't you, you didn't help your case at all uh all yeah, this is uh, to say that like it, it needs to be as long as it needs to be. And I, I think we will find throughout the rest of this month that Zack Snyder is very good at making movies the right length. For the story, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Not for your afternoon well, necessarily. <laughs> and also that it's an important discussion to have with any movie that gets kind of lost these days. That when you come across a movie and you try to critique it in your mind, the length should be a part of that. Just like that inner monologue with yourself, that inner discussion of just like, this was long, but was it long for a reason? And we're going to have a lot of those reasons for Justice League later. And this doesn't matter as much because it's a zombie film that you cut these things out and they're still fine because it's a zombie movie and that's cool. But those extra shots did communicate something more. They were specific and they paused the movie a little bit. Just like with the swaying zombies in out above, you know, that they could see that they were shooting. Like, the slow zoom in slow motion shot asks you to pause and asks you to think about this or slow down. And I think that's an important filmmaking technique. Yeah. He didn't didn't use it in this movie much, did he? There's still a lot of slow-mo here. It's not the same version of slow-mo. Like his style in slow-mo changed as he got, uh, as he gets more. I'm trying to remember when they did slow-mo, when they shot the zombie in the water. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I guess, oh, when they were shooting each other after the zombie baby happened. Yeah, and then uh, sometime after, like, when they're trying to get to the dock, I think there's a slow-mo shot in there somewhere. Oh, and each time there's an explosion. Well, yeah, of course, because expl- oh, that, that one looks fucking cool. Um, that, that's me. Yeah. I, I, think we're, uh, I think we're good to start a... Uh, I guess we could do quotes, but I'd do quotes favorite moments. I'd kind of do a slash. Either or will work. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That feels right. Uh, So for me, (laughs) I've already kind of said that my favorite moment in the movie is a, it's a very much a character moment. Um, As I'm guessing the majority of this month will be, uh, it has to be when Michael says his job and it's just like this. Yeah. That's what I used to do, but the world's over now, guys. And like he's like the one guy who's like, no, 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 th- this this is it now. We're in a zombie apocalypse, and it doesn't matter that I sold TVs because we're all fucked. Such a good moment. <laughs> I think I'll go with the moment with the old guy, which we really haven't talked about at all. Because he had some great lines. I don't know which one. He had they're like equal for me. The one where he's talking to CJ, and he's like. And I think that's when I realized I was gay. <laughs> and CJ's just there like, God, please stop. CJ is not a tolerable man. <laughs> is... I mean, for the type of and person that... he is, he's actually doing a pretty good job at that moment. That's true. Uh, and then when they want him to say something at the makeshift funeral, he's like, I played the organ. It was a job. <laughs> pretty good. And they kept going, you worked in a church. You got to know what something to say. Yeah, no, that character was pretty great because he was in this narrative because he wound up in this narrative, not because he necessarily tried to. Like <laughs> that plays yeah. through with that actor the whole movie, and yeah. it's that poor man was in the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time and is just stuck there. <laughs> and honest, honestly, the more I'm thinking about it, the more annoyed I am at Anna's character. Again, I've already mentioned it once. Think about <laughs> how they gave him all those character moments, and even the country girl, she gets character moments because she is an artist and knows how to spray paint. Like, each person gets something, and Anna doesn't do anything. She gets to kill Phil. Phil from Modern Family, Tiger Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really, I didn't notice the lack of characterization about her while until I was we... watching it, until I had to think about it. Like, okay, well, what does she do the whole movie? She kills Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes over to the Winchester and uh, gets a pint. Yeah, waiting for the solid to blow over. Whole thing to blow over. Because in the line <laughs> for like Sean and Dad is Phil. Kill Phil. I just Phil. didn't even realize it. <laughs> uh, um, for me, it's the CJ line where they're about to go out to an island, and he goes to this whole spiel like, "Excuse me, not to shit on anyone's riff here. Let me see if I grasp this concept." And then he goes through the whole thing. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Heads for some island we don't even know exists, and everyone's like, "Yeah, pretty much." And he's like, "Okay, I'm in." I liked and, it when he remade that entire scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Because he totally fucking did. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and it works. Like, that's the thing. The line worked on me. James Gunn recreates that entire scene of, oh. like, the... Okay. <laughs> he yes. wrote this one, then he went and directed that I thought like, Michael Kelly was in Guardians. Oh, like, no. Wait, I don't remember no, no. such a good fucking scene yeah. uh yeah no and, and it's just yeah it's a great scene from a delivered great and i guess i like this scene no matter what movie it's in so yeah. <laughs> it's a good scene in guardians too yeah. like i'm not trying to take a shot at james gunn if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> um 
that's not entirely true. That that, that would kind of fuck me out of a job. So let's not stick to that phrasing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I guess break more stuff so he can fix it. That sounds great. Uh, <laughs> double features. Uh, is anyone going to take the low hanging fruit this this week? Low hanging fruit. Shaun of the Dead Wait, is oh, the low hanging fruit. Oh, <laughs> oh that's low hanging. <laughs> that, that that's the low hanging one. I, I will take the I will take the just the one above it, which is the. And this is this is gonna be cheap, but it's the original, because I watched these one after the other, this one and then the original, and they're even though they're the same plot, it's two different movies doing two different things, and I think if you're into zombie movies and you need to get a sense of the context of this in its time relating to the original Dawn of the Dead, I could sit through two of these, the this one and the original. Well, I'm I'm really ashamed of mine because. Uh... <laughs> Mine's very much in the same vein. Uh, I was going to go with Day of the Dead. Specifically the Romero one, not the bullshit remake that came out after Dawn of the Dead because apparently they all had to get remade after one of them did it right. Um, <laughs> I saw that one too, and you're right. Yep. Uh, and I'm totally negating the 90s remake of Night of the Living Dead. I apologize. That movie is phenomenal. Everybody should watch it. Um, but as far as like these modern remakes, if you will, modern being 20 years ago, fuck, I'm old. Uh, Stop hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually just recently rewatched Day of the Dead on uh, HBO Max, and I, I forgot just what a goddamn masterpiece that movie is. Like, it, it just does such a good job of like that claustrophobia feel, and that the zombies are an unrelenting force of death. And I, I feel like a lot of those same themes really play well here, but uh, either in the Romero lens or the Snyder lens. And I, I think you get similar themes in both, but uh, done totally different. Whereas I feel like. Uh, not to knock your choice, John, because I think it's a good one. I feel like these those two movies are so totally different that they pair well together, whereas I feel like the Snyder Dawn of the Dead and the Romero Day of the Dead are so similar they'd pair it well together. Does that make yeah. sense? No, we're going for we're going for contrast and, and parallel. Yeah, contrast and parallel, but using the same director. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to have to go with Anna and the Apocalypse. It's a winner of a movie. It's a very different zombie movie. But a really and it's good zombie. It's movie. a good zombie movie, and it ends on a pretty big bummer at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As did this movie. Here, they're definitely dead at the end of this movie. By the way, they might have survived. You don't know how fast they're able to push the boat away from the dock. One of them definitely died. I'm not sure which yeah. one, but one of them, whoever dropped the camera is probably dead. Oh yeah, Anna would have found her way to the to off the island somehow. Yeah, granted they're out of food and water, so. Never mind. Chewie's right. They're all dead. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're fine. Anna never did anything to survive on her own. She just kind of followed everybody. She did just kind of follow everybody. She did aggressively leave her husband in the beginning of the movie. She did that to survive on her own. Okay, so she did. Yeah, away. things weren't working out. She drove away, and then from there on out, she just kind of followed people until she died. <laughs> okay, you're onto something with the Anna character. There's not really a lot to defend there. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, well, we tried. Um. <laughs> but yes, Anna and the Apocalypse, starring a very uh, motivated female character mm -hmm. with other ensemble characters who all have their own motivations and good singing voices. And it's one of the very few zombie films that when the character got bit and I went, <gasps> I was so sad. I like that guy. Yeah, he was sad, but yep. he was sacrificing. That's a good movie. Yeah. Anyhow, um, 
John, you win, right? Yeah, you did the first one. Okay, so yep. next week, continuing on with our Zack Snyder month, uh, we, we're kind of back and forth on like what Snyder movies to do. Uh, we didn't want to do just all the comic book stuff. We didn't want to just do like the the non-comic book stuff. So we're trying to do like a smattering of like every like everything that Snyder has done, and then finishing up with the two behemoths of BVS and Justice League. So that means that next week we got to do something a little bit different. Uh, I think we're going to go with Sucker Punch. Going to get it out of the way. Uh, yeah. Sucker Punch for me, it was not my favorite movie of his. It was, uh, I think there's a lot of problems with it. I also think that it's been unfairly beaten up for a lot of years as a misogynistic thing, which it most certainly, at least for my eyes, is not. Um, and I think it'll be a really good revisit, especially after so many years. I can't tell you the last time I watched Sucker Punch. Uh and it should be a lot of fun. I hope. <laughs> I'll have fun watching it. It is fun to watch. I, I, the the characters are good. The, the the action when it happens is a little ridiculous, but it's still pretty good. Like I, I'm excited to get into it again and just kind of see where we are now, especially like having a better idea of what Snyder is about with his filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It, it should be a good revisit. Uh, after- yeah, I watched it about um, four or five months ago. Okay. And uh, this, before all this went down, before all the Snyder discourse came back in and things shifted and changed around. So I'm going to be very curiously rewatching this because I didn't like it again when I watched it the last time. And uh, yeah. This, Here's the this, question, though. Did you watch the director's cut? Uh, no, probably not. There you go. So maybe you'll like it a little bit more because I will say I watched the theatrical one in the theaters. I bought the director's cut. I have never once looked back. Still not a great film definitely better yeah um after that we're going up against the uh his by far his most forgotten movie the owls of gahul there's way more to that title that even i don't remember and i'm covering him this month uh i had to look it up every time i used it in a lower third for a video recently like (laughs) it's not just owls of gahul no it's actually legend of the guardians the owls of gahul or something like that and is there more to it after that it's like the search for something or something like yeah hoot hoot motherfucker a series of novels young it was supposed to be a franchise yeah that that didn't happen no. um th- this one did not connect with a lot of people uh and it was just kind of widely forgotten and i still make fun of it every now and then when i say things got moon blinked um but uh, i am definitely excited to look at that one again and then after that uh mr matt dykes from england will be joining us to discuss the juggernauts of bvs and justice league mm-hmm and I'm very excited. I got my new 4K restoration version of uh, BVS in the mail today. It has the full-blown, glorious 4x3 scenes in it, which I'm... <laughs> I still don't understand why people get so riled up about that. The more angry they get about it being 4x3, the more I love 4x3. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> oh, it's different. I'm angry. It's like, oh my god. Oh man, how people forgot. How people have forgotten their old TVs. Like, you used to live on 4x3. You didn't... You used to take a movie back to Blockbuster if you accidentally rented the widescreen version. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I had conversations with people about that when I worked at Barnes & Noble, trying to explain to them the difference between widescreen and full screen and why widescreen was better. Well, widescreen is better even... when you shoot it in widescreen. Yes. That it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, interesting, interesting tidbit. Uh, I have an old DVD copy of, of Bugs Life, and it has the full screen version and the widescreen. But they made two versions of the movie: a full screen version and a widescreen. So it was made for full screen, 
and widescreen. Very and I've watched weird. both, and I'm like, and I'm like, that's weird. They that's made a lot it of work. Extra animation. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Huh. Yeah, no, they they just framed it correct like they framed it better and everything kind of fit into the frame that need that needed to. It's a weird one to watch, but the DVD is so old that you have to like flip it, I think. I guess it's a very old DVD. So you oh, still have to zoom I, in no matter what. I have plenty of those. Widescreen on one side, full screen on the other. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh so that's that's the upcoming month. I'm excited to get into it. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a doozy. Uh, and I'm really excited to have Matt Dykes back on. I know he's he's excited to join us. When I first mentioned that we're going to be doing a month on Zack Snyder, he's like, would it be weird that I'd want to be on every episode? No, it wouldn't be weird at all. We just probably <laughs> can't schedule it because you live in the wrong country. Did I say wrong country? Sorry. Uh, I'm not going to correct it, though. Um, <laughs> everybody else who lives there is cool. Matt should move is all I'm saying. Anyhow. Uh, he bought a house. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he bought it in the wrong country. Is what I keep saying. I know he's going to attach hear this some and be balloons like, to your, <laughs> attach some balloons to your ding dang house and fly it over here. It's worked in a movie. It'll work in real life. I thought you were going to say just attach some balloons to your ding dang. <laughs> attach some balloons to your ding dong and fly over here. <laughs> I'm not it's even the weirdest Mary plugs. Poppins ever. I just want to get out of this. That's the best possible <laughs> ending. <laughs> Catch balloons to your ding dong. <laughs> get over here. Get over here. That's like the worst booty call text <laughs> ever. <laughs> so strange. Oh man. Out. If someone's like, really that into clowns. Let's get out of here. Oh. Oh god. Okay. That's gonna hear that. Yep. Alright, I think we're running out of gas. Should we just say goodbye? Alright. <laughs> goodbye. Alright, I'll do I'll do the briefest plug. Go to ATHpod.com. Bye. See you later, bozos.